special technique. Special technique of shadow boxing. Showtime. 
Uh, we don't have to really isn't that necessary. Um, I will talk about it um, really quick and she'll get into it right now. Um, this was the cold feature of the uh, Showtime card. And it had your Dennis Ugas going up against Caesar, Miguel, Barry Nuevo. Um, and my thing was, uh, to this day, I don't know why they had uh, placed this second or as a cold feature uh, to this uh, fight card. Uh, for those that are, you know, maybe in the know, um, the co-feature had uh, been slated for the WBC uh, Super Middleweight Championship as, uh, you know, the uh, holder of that title is uh, David Benavidez, uh, but uh, they weren't able to uh, get that fight uh, with uh, Benavidez over on this card, so they had to end up doing uh, something else. Um, so what ended up happening is they placed your Dennis Ugas in a fight uh, with Cesar Miguel Barrio Nuevo. Uh, Barrio Nuevo is there real quick. Uh, 34-3-2 uh, coming from Argentina. Uh, hit the majority of his career, pretty much all but one fight up to this point before he went to the Barclays Center, was over in, well, actually, all but two fights were all in uh, Argentina for facing your Dennis Ugas. And uh, with Ugas, you have uh, him, uh, of course, a rising contender. They lose the decision to Emmanuel Robles and then unanimous decision. Uh, unanimous decision to come here a mom in 2014. But uh, he eventually moved up to the Buffalo division and uh, got wins <clears throat> over Thomas Lauren, Ray Robinson, and uh, Jonathan the season before going up against Houston Gabler in the way. Uh, he was considered as the highest ranked contender to the IBF welterweight championship uh, since you had you know um, Daryl Spence Jr. in his last fight defeat Carlos Ocampo who was the number one ranked contender. So your Dennis Lucas is now you know the highest ranked contender. He's still slated at number two. Number one is vacant but he was slated as number two and uh, he Kind of, uh, yeah, we kind of uh, seeing if he could uh, solidify his place uh, there um, at number one in most weight. Uh, at uh, one, um, excuse me, the IBF rankings in most weight. So real quick, just want to get through this fight. You didn't against Susan Miguel wearing your way though. Wasn't really much of a fight. I was there at the Barclays Center. It was pretty much like a, a, a snack break or you know food break. For a lot of people, um, I was there for the whole 12 rounds, unfortunately. So uh, that's what you know ended up happening uh, there. You had Ugas end up getting the uh, decision win uh, to um, move to 23 wins and three losses 
uh, there. So that's it. Real quick, real fast. It'll get silver bearing on Weibo. Now, just uh, getting the uh, caller in here live with the area code 513. What's going on with you? What's going on, brother? It was good with you. Can you hear? I can't, Kyla. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, uh, you was at the fight. I, I see you enjoy yourself. Yes, I did, brother. How you? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, I was like out and about, you know, uh, covering, trying to cover um, the fights as much as I could. So, um, you know, that's 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 pretty much what I could uh, do there, as uh, far as I know. But um, just wanted to, like I said, get through that whole thing with um, getting into get some signature. Miguel Berrio Nuevo. Um, I said that it wasn't really slated to be a uh, co-feature bout, but uh, they didn't have uh, David Benavides uh, able to fit in that slot for the co-feature, so they inserted Giannis Ugas against Cesar Miguel Berrio Nuevo. So uh, if you can, you could uh, have some quick thoughts about that particular fight before I move into the heavyweight fight that was featured on the Showtime card. Well, well, well. Basically, uh, you, you you gas, correct? That's his name. You gas. Yeah. Uh, you gas. Right, right. He, that uh, that was a kind of little boring fight. <laughs> Why I say a little boring fight? He did his thing, but he wasn't even moving his head. Just standing there. You know, it was kind of it wasn't exciting. It wasn't exciting like the heavyweight fight. You know what I mean? So it wasn't too exciting to me, but he had he got the victory, you know. Yes, he did. He did get the victory. Um, he was able to get the unanimous decision victory, and you know, following the fight, you know, they had Tim Gray out there, uh, they had the interpreter out there for uh, Ugas, um, and so you know, he's he, he's saying that he wants to you know go after the title holders in the welterweight division, but. I mean, going off that particular fight, that that really didn't show people much at all. Like he would be a serious threat to any of the uh, title holders in the 147-pound uh, division. Uh, what do you think uh, his chances are with those top guys at 147 pounds? He's going to bed. <laughs> His head stand right there in front of you. So if a moving target is standing in front of you, you 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 you're gonna beat him all day long. And then his he got he's strong, but he ain't got that one power. He got eleven KOs. That's not enough power to knock somebody. He could knock the guy out. So the top yeah. five guys they destroy him. That should be Porter. Uh, uh, that should be Porter. Uh, first defense with him. Uh, you, you see, you see, Lucas um, being the. Uh, pretty much a top contender or a uh, volunteer for uh, John Porter there? Yeah, they'd be a good fight for Porter. They're getting ready for whoever. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I'll, I'll break that down a little bit later on, but just wanted to get into that heavyweight fight that probably should have been the co-feature on uh, Showtime, and that is Adam Kalnaki against Charles Martin. Uh, you had Kyle Naki there um, undefeated um, in his uh, professional career, going up against Charles Martin, Mr. I Walk This Earth Like a God, 25-1-1. Uh, 
course, his long loss to Anthony Joshua uh, in uh, 2016 for the IBF uh, Heavyweight Championship. Man. Um, you had this fight here, man, uh, where a lot of people kind of expected uh, Adam Kalnaki to, you know, outwork, outhustle, and uh, frustrate Charles Martin up to the point where they were probably stopping. Uh, but it didn't necessarily get to that point. Um, but he did have a good little closing to that fight between Kanaki and Martin. Uh, Kanaki was able to, like I said, be able to come forward, come forward, come forward, come forward, and, uh, you know, just uh, attack Martin. Uh, but Martin really couldn't do that much against uh, Kalnaki until the later rounds where he was having a lot of success uh, with the left hand and ended up uh, leading into a good little back-and-forth scrap uh, between uh, Kalnaki and Martin in those closing rounds. But, you know, even with that, Kalnaki was able to get the unanimous decision win. Um, he had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, had three scores of 96-94. I didn't see where they were able to find uh, four rounds for Charles Martin, but the judges found four rounds for Charles Martin. But still, Adam Kondaki moves to 18-0. They're at heavyweight, and kind of like Chase explained, to be in a top-10 heavyweight. And now we got to see what's next for Adam Kondaki in in his uh, professional career. What did you think when you were seeing that fight? Well, in that fight, Martin should have been using his jab using his jab and uh, thinking. He wasn't thinking. He was just standing there slugging with him. He shouldn't have been there toe-to-toe slugging with him. So if he'd have, he would have, he would have actually won, Martin would have won if he would have started using that jab in the first round. Cause like I say, a sitting target. He was, Adam was a sitting target now. He was standing there. But, 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 but he was standing, you hit me, I hit you back. You know, that's the type of fighter. I like him. I like him. That's my new... Uh, my new fighter right there now. I like him. Why he come at you? He don't look like he in shape, but he gonna beat you up. They need to groom him. I won't put him in there no, with no top dog. Then groom him up. Two or three more fights. You know, till he get tw- what he nineteen and 0, 18 and zero. Get two more fights in twenty and zero. Fight, yep. for, fight. Huh? Yeah, he's eighteen and zero. Okay, eighteen and zero. So. Yeah, like I say, get him to a twenty and zero. Now put him in a, in a, in a, in a title in a, in the title to get uh, Wilder. Let him fight Wilder. That'd be a good one. That will let him earn his way all the way up to fight Wilder. That'd be a great fight for that man. But Wilder knocked him out because Wilder got that one power that that uh he hit him with that right hand and walk away. Then then Adam might start doing the stanky leg, you know. <laughs> Cause that's how good uh, Wilder is. But I liked Adam. That was a good fight, though. That was a good fight. Martin Showhart taking too many shots. They got to learn to move their head. They don't move. These fighters nowadays don't move their head yeah. for size quarter. They don't move their head. Yeah, they don't. They don't. You you really saw that in you know this particular was, fight between Kanaki and Martin. That was like a phone booth type of fight. Scrap it out. Keep throwing and throwing and throwing until. You know, seeing who uh, you know goes down first, um, and there were times where it looked like you know Charles Martin wasn't in trouble. Um, 
where he did like hold on to you know Adam Kalnacki uh, at times, uh, but he was still able to you know get uh, get through the fight. But even with that, uh, he still didn't uh, come out as the victor. And like you said, didn't move his head and didn't use his jab. A uh, real quick, wanted to get in another caller in here, Eric Cole. It wasn't oh, what's going what, on with you. What about? Oh. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Terrell calling from Tampa. Hope you can hear me clearly because it's raining like crazy out here right now. But once again, just glad to get to talk about uh, a great weekend of boxing. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, that that that's what happens when you're in the lightning capital of the world. You you always get those uh, rainstorms pretty much around this time. You know what I mean? So that's how it is. Uh, so, hey, uh, Terrell, what did you think about that uh, fight between Kanaki and Martin? Yeah, I didn't get to see that last night. I didn't have time to watch that today, but uh, I just definitely read some good notes on it. And as well, uh, just just hearing you guys talk about the fight. So I definitely can't wait to ingest that uh, probably tonight or uh, tomorrow sometime. But I'm not really going really go to the details of that going forward, but it's kind of like what the, the previous uh, caller stated. Uh, they would love to get him moved up a little bit more and get him in line for a title shot. I mean, but even in that in that regard, <laughs> fighting Wilder or fighting uh, Joshua is at this point is mythical. <laughs> at this point, you know, with these uh, supposed negotiations going back and forth. But I mean, but really, in, in summary, it's glad that Glowinaki got the win. So now he is once again, like we said before in the show, uh, just kind of just keep his name out there. On, on a high level, add his name to that, that top list of contenders that coming up here in, in the near future. So you look at Glowinaki, your Dylan White to the world, and even Joseph Parker's fights last off to Dylan White. So you, there's going to be a small group of guys in there that you're going to look at in consideration in the first couple of quarters of uh, 2019. Hopefully we'll get a, a title shot once we th- see things come to fruition with Wilder and even Joshua in that, in that note. So... Glad he got a win, and hopefully uh, we'll see what's going on going forward. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, uh, right there. Um, see that, um, Steph, uh, you had uh, something to follow up with about the uh, Kanaki Martin fight? Nah. Okay. Yeah, just was uh, making sure that um, one thing you did say, you were, like, suggesting a Kalnaki Wilder fight. Um, I guess that would be a possibility, of course, over at the Barclays Center, uh, as you did have in 2016. You know, uh, Deontay Wilder going up against Archer Spilka, uh, there, which, you know, had a uh, good uh, Polish contingent in that particular uh, fight card. I, I mean, I was there, and they, they were like a lot, of, a lot of them, a lot of them out there. I'm telling you, man, it was a lot of them. Um, barely hear yourself out there. So if they were able to, you know, later on down the line, possibly uh, make that fight before, you know, finally the unification happens, then uh, that would be uh, something that could probably get, you know, good money uh, into the gate for uh, the Barclays Center uh, right there. So that's uh, something that we are looking forward to. Uh, for those that are listening live on, uh, currently the um, uh, Blog Talk Radio and want to get in on the Boxing Talk, 
Call in at 347-237-5539. All right, now we'll get into the whole thing with the main event. Where you oh, had... oh, I got one. I, I got one for you before you jump in. My fault. Guess who Adam oh. should fight? Big Baby Miller. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> right there. Uh-huh. You beat Big Baby Miller, you can go ahead and fight Wilder. But my fault. My bad. My bad. <laughs> my yeah, bad. that's that's another that's another good suggestion. I mean, I saw I saw Big Baby out there over at the Barclays Center uh, watching the fight. So um, yeah, he would be another guy uh, that could be a possible opponent for Adam Kanaki. Um, you know, after uh, his fight with uh, Thomas Adamek, that's coming up October 6th in the uh, Wintrust Arena over in Chicago. So that could be another what? follow-up fight for Big hey, Baby Miller. Hey, Junior. Hey, hey Junior. Yeah. <laughs> hey, is it my eyes or is it, or is it, is it, is it, is it I'm seeing something? Don't Big Baby Miller look like a like he just blowed up like a balloon bunch of air. <laughs> he look like he I mean, no yeah, is all air. Yeah, sometimes it <laughs> sometimes it like looks like that, you know what I mean? And then he, you know, basically tries to get into shape and everything, and you know, it kind of like books up a little uh, when it comes oh. to uh, fight time. You know what I mean? So I mean, I, I stood like, next to him. A few times, uh-huh. and he he's he's a big dude. But when he was in his last fight, they had him listed at three hundred and two pounds. But it wasn't like oh. you know, three hundred and two pounds looking like Adam Kalnaki. It wasn't quite like that, you know. So he has his ways of you know balancing you know food and working out and things like that. Not possibly <laughs> not to the level of one other caller that's <laughs> on here, but I mean, uh, but you know, kind of like. You know, gets gets himself uh, pretty much in good enough shape to uh, uh, be ready to go come fight time. Um, right, right. Yes. So uh, yeah, getting into the whole thing with the uh, WBC welterweight championship, uh, of course, vacated by uh, Keith One Time Thurman, uh, who was booed almost out of the arena <laughs> every time they showed him on the big screen. At the Barclays Center, that had me cracking up. I don't know why, but it had me cracking up. Um, but what what, what they have, do? Say it again. I couldn't hear you. Say it again. Like um, every the time uh, they had, like, yeah, the Barclays Center, when they went between rounds during the fights, and, of course, uh-huh. you know how they show the superstars and everything. They had Chadwick Boseman out there. They had Phil uh, Boomer Sizen out there. Um, of course, you know, uh, uh, boxers, Jared Hurd, Adrian Broner. Tank Davis, um, Charlo, um, you know, Robert East okay. Jr. Uh, but, right. yeah, every time they showed Keith Thurman, like, it was like the whole crowd was booing. I thought that was uh, pretty uh, funny right there. Um, and Bonner. But, they booed Bonner, too. Yeah, Broner. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they booed Broner, too. Yep, they did. And he and he left it all up, too. Um, but here in this fight between Danny Garcia and Sean Porter, for the uh, vacant WBC welterweight championship. Of course, you had both guys be former world champions in the welterweight division uh, with Danny Garcia having the WBC belt. Hold on just a sec. Um, Danny Garcia with the WBC belt. Uh, You had Sean Porter, former IBF welterweight champion. Uh, So both of those guys wanted a shot to become uh, world champion once again, and this was like a highly anticipated fight. 
Um, a lot of fans are looking forward to this fight. Uh, they thought it would be, you know, a close little scrap, and it ended up being a close little scrap. Uh, you had, you know, Danny Garcia um, pretty much had the early advantage in round one, connecting well with the uh, combination uh, to, um, you know, Porter's head. Um, Porter, you know, eventually took off that and, you know, kind of like utilized his style a little bit in, you know, rounds two and three. But what we saw after that was something that we really hadn't seen much from Sean Porter and over the course of his professional career, and that's him actually boxing Danny Garcia. Now, last week I said one of the keys that I was looking for in this fight was to see if Danny Garcia was going to be able to box Sean Porter. And what we saw last night was that Sean Porter boxed Danny Garcia. Even though he was a shorter guy, even though he had pretty much had the shorter reach, he fought like he was the one that controlled the range, controlled the distance, like he had the longer reach. And he had, you know, Danny Garcia reaching for him, uh, at times, and uh, having him getting caught with counters. Then, you know, he employed the uh, attack to the body, which was very key in this fight uh, for, you know, Sean Porter, is that, you know, he was able to score well in the body of uh, Danny Garcia. And there were a couple of times when Danny Garcia uh, kind of like, you know, stood there and kind of like looked for the counter, uh, but, you know, Kenny Porter, you know, I think Kenny Porter kind of like told Sean, told his son Sean, you got to look for those counters, number one, and then you got to look for that left hook, number two. And if you notice that you saw Sean Porter kind of like have his right hand up closer to his head, uh, you know, being on the lookout for that left hook. Uh, So it just seemed like he studied Danny Garcia well over the course of uh, the training for this fight. And it looked like he, you know, was having a little bit of the advantage of the fight. But I, I think that there were, like, a couple of rounds where he kind of, like, slacked off and gave uh, Garcia the advantage. Um, and, you know, by, by round nine, I personally had scored it five rounds before Sean Porter. Uh, but round ten was, you know, very action-packed. It was very close. It was very tight that I couldn't even score round ten. So I was pretty much lost at that point. I didn't really know. Um, and, and I felt that, you know, Danny Garcia probably would get the benefit of the doubt. I don't know why, but I, I, I just felt it. So when it got to the 12th round and, you know, both both guys tried to, you know, finish it out strong, I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know for sure. Then, you know, they came with the scorecards. You know, they said 116-112, and then two scores of 115-113. And then they said the winner was Showtime Sean Porter. And I'm telling you, I've, I, I, and, and, and Terrell knows this, I've told people for weeks that I felt that Sean Porter would be able to get the decision. But being there live, I, I just didn't know for sure. But once they announced that, I was, like, so happy that he was able to get it because he earned that fight. He worked to get that decision in that particular fight. So now you have a WBC welterweight champion, 
Sean Porter, uh, given Danny Garcia his second loss of his professional career. Um, now, uh, you know, Stephen, I, 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 I'll, I'll give you the floor. Uh, try to get your thoughts on it, you know, right after the fight, but wasn't able to catch up with you. So I'm giving you the floor on this fight here. Well, you, you said the new WBC Waterweight champion, you missed out the other one. And the new WBC trainers, <laughs> trainers built, man. Well, daddy got a belt now. <laughs> See, that's the clue yeah. now. Oh. Both, both of them yeah. got belts, man. Go ahead and dress that first, then I'll come back on. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, you know, for those that are listening then, okay, we had a new belt being introduced in uh, from the WBC. It is the WBC trainer's belt, and it's, you know, awarded, you know, to trainers of guys that, you know, hold, you know, that high mark uh, there with the WBC. Uh, so, we saw Kenny Porter, the trainer and father of Sean Porter, be awarded the trainer's belt also while Sean Porter was awarded the WBC welterweight championship. Now, this idea was introduced by a certain person, and I want that person to talk about it right now. So, go okay, ahead. Okay, okay. Well, actually, uh, I came up with the, uh, the trainer's title. If the trainer won a belt, my fault. If the fighter win a belt, the trainer win a belt for the WBC. And uh, they don't ever get recognized of, of their compliments, what they went through with the fighter for many years, from amateur to the pros. And it gives a, a new look, a, a new refreshed look to boxing by awarding the boxing trainer a, a, a recognition of what he, you know, been through with the fighter. I mean, in football, you got everybody get ringed, even the water boy get ringed. Baseball, everybody get rings. So I reached out to the president, you know, the WBC family, Mr. Mauricio Suleiman. You know, I, I thank him for for think. I mean, for actually bringing an idea to fruition. My idea. My name is Stefan Pryor. I'm the son of a legend, Aaron the Hawk Pryor, and my father is a Hall of Famer. So I'm I'm honored that that the WBC family actually, you know, like my idea, my concept. I'm actually on one of the committees real soon. So I was there at the fight, and uh, I'm sitting at ringside at the fight. And I know I miss you, uh, Junior. You know, you was up, up in Yen. I was down there up under the wings of the supervisor of the WBC. So I had to be up under his uh, wings for, you know, to get the ropes, to see what goes on as being an a official supervisor sure. for the WBC. So I'm sitting there watching the fight. And and I'm sitting there next to, uh, you know, Sam Watts, one of the pioneers in uh, PBC, one of the true legends, uh, Sam Watts. I'm sitting next to him, and I'm seeing the fight. Remember this. Any boxer that be a boxer, it's in your gym shoes. It's in the, it's in the shoes that you buy. You can look at people get, get old boxing shoes. They be flat, and they got that little slippery sole on the bottom. Then you got slippery stuff on the canvas like people advertise. It's slippery. Once it gets wet, the slippery shoes you got on, you're going to be sliding. You're going to be flat-footed. So when, when Porter got ahead on them shoes, it had a lot of spring in it. 
and you can tell who was going to win right there because when he was bouncing, it was like he was bouncing on a, a bed, like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. So when I'm looking at the fight, I give, I give Garcia the first, the first in my eyes, first four rounds. But I give it like this. Garcia had five, five rounds. Porter came up with seven rounds in my decision. And I knew he was going to win that fight because he was in and out throwing punches. See, he wasn't on the gas from, from first round to third round. He wasn't on this gas, like, throwing a lot of punches, smothering him, all that. I told Sam with him, I said, watch in the fourth round. He's going to press, you know, the 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 the, the, uh, the charge to him now. He's going to start going, you know, do it. You know what he do, the pressure. He mattered my father, throw a lot of punches. And, and he wasn't doing too much movement like he was doing when he was training with angles. I didn't see too many of them. He was moving his head, stepping away from Robert. I mean, I said Robert. Stepping away from uh, 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 Danny Garcia left hook. That, that, was, that was good what he was doing, moving his head and everything. That's good. Some of the fighters don't move their head. I'm seeing him fighting. I see he was kind of getting kind of winded. You know, uh, he was taking his time with his punches, but wouldn't put them together. See, he put them together at the end. I saw a, a combination. It was so sweet. They was going toe-to-toe, and the referee, King Lee him out. <laughs> the referee was so excited. He was like, oh, like, he, he was getting 3D versions. Yeah, like, he was like, whoa, oh, like, you know, the bell about the ring, you know, when they, they tap that floor, that ring, cling, 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 you know, 30 seconds coming up, or 10 seconds, I mean. He was into it. I say, wow. So as I'm looking at the fight, I'm going to sum it up. So as I'm looking at the fight at ringside, and uh, Porter rallied. He rallied up in the in the 11th round, Garcia did come back, but Porter did rally on him real quick. And then the 12th round, well, that was it right there. So, you know, uh, Garcia started slowing down. Garcia started slowing down, and, and, you know, I know who's going to win anyway. You know what I mean? I knew who's going to win because Porter put in a lot of work, you know, a lot of work. And, he, you know, he's very humble. You know, when you carry yourself, you always have something in store for you. That's not just fighters. We're talking about people in life. So if you carry yourself with humbleness, with righteousness, nothing evil on your mind, everything going to come your way. You know what I mean? It, it, it has no other choice. The law of attraction got to appear in your atmosphere because you live in a righteous way. You know what I mean? So, like I tell folks, heaven and hell ain't two different places. It's two different choices. So, if you live righteous, watch this. The Charles, I want to throw you off radar when I say about living righteous. Charlo's brothers, y'all millionaires, why do y'all act like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? My hey, opinion, why you, hey, you, don't, you don't gotta act like that? Hey, you don't know. We talk about, we talk about the Charlo's almost all the time. We call them we basically call them the Migos of boxing because they act the way that you're talking about. They were like, y'all don't need to act like that. You know what I mean? And remember, but that that takes a whole CC. Some they they got to get around on positive people because it 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 it'll mess you up. You know what I mean? While you box, remember they get hit in the head. Then you got attitude outside the ring. You waiting for a lawsuit to happen on them. You know what I mean? So them guys got to be real professional, not dealing with the, 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 the public people. I saw that. I was at the at the top of the arena. I'm seeing arguing, you arguing with fans. You don't argue with fans. You cussing. Nigga, nigga this. You don't got to excuse my language. You don't got to do none of that. No. You know, but anyway, but the fight, back to the porter and uh, 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 daddy, that was a great fight. And it was my honor to uh, give uh, Kenny Porter the, the, the trainer title belt, the new trainer title belt. 
So uh, Mark Greeley, he deserved one. So on the next, uh, Devontae Wilder, Deontay Wilder's next fight, if Wilder win his fight and be successful, uh, 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 Mark Greeley will be the new WBC trainer belt. It's time is due for him because they had Wilder has seven defenses his heavyweight title. So now, man, now come on now, we got to give Breeland uh, 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 his trainer belt also too, and we need to put more trainers on the belt too. I don't want to stay on that subject too long about the belt. We need to put uh, legendary trainers on the belt. If it's a trainer belt, I'm going to talk with the president about it. We need to put more trainers on the belt, like Roger Mayweather, Angela Dundee, uh, uh, Emmanuel Stewart. Then, then we can at least put eight trainers to trainers belt. Then you have, you have Jose, at the, Jose Suleiman at the bottom. Then you have the, the fighter. I mean, my fault. You had a trainer on the belt, uh, uh, the current trainer on the, on the belt. It makes sense. It'll get a buzz. But – that's the good. That's my idea and concept for the WBC. If I can think of this, y'all, whoever tuning in, y'all got the gift. Exercise your gift. It will work. But thank you for your time, brother. I know I miss you, and I wanted to, you know, come and holler at you. But yeah. you know, we've the fight. But I, you know, my apologize for that. We'll, we'll see each other. Trust me, brother. All right, no problem, no doubt, no doubt, right there. And, uh, good little input about you know the trainer's belt that you you know had the idea. And, you know, wanted to have it put into uh, fruition. So uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, you did, you know, kind of like talk about that a little bit uh, when I did have the live before uh, going over uh, to the uh, New York area. So I just wanted you to expound on that uh, here on this show so that people can uh, listen into it and then uh, get with you uh, at a later time to reference to all of that. Um, real quick. Uh, 813, uh, Brother Sorrell, uh, you're here with us. Uh, if you can, uh, put in your input about Sean Porter against Danny Garcia. Hey, Jay, what's the other guy's name? Stephan? Stephan. Hey, Stephan. Hey, what's up? This is Terrell Holmes from Tampa. Just, uh, I would just say thanks, thanks for all the work that you do within the sport of boxing. And actually, I was able to catch you guys live uh, earlier this week when you guys went on and list about, about different topics and everything. So, so once again, glad to hear you have you part of the show. Uh, just definitely adds to the credibility of our show and what you guys doing the work out there on the front scenes of boxing. So I definitely appreciate all that you bring to the table uh, in terms of boxing. But uh, yeah, but in in terms of the fight, Garcia Porter. I mean, the, I, I would say the one thing that dominated the fight for me is twice simply put, Porter's aggression. That's what carried him throughout this fight. And, and kind of like when I, when I speak about that, you guys know that uh, Garcia pretty much uh, had the advantage in the first few rounds, things like that. Uh, but at the same time, in, in a sense, I think around four or five, in a sense like that, Porter, in a sense, woke up and just started to show that aggression, the same type of aggression that he showed throughout the fight for 12 rounds when he fought, fought against Sturman back in uh, 2016. And, and once again, I'll those fights again, Thurman Garcia, Thurman Porter, and and just uh, the the differences between those fights. Uh, like I said, when Thurman fought, uh, fought Porter, it was a hard fight, the entire fight. And like I said, round four, five, six, Porter definitely woke up and just started to show that aggression. Uh, and kind of one one thing we said about last week, if, if Porter could refine some of his technique and not just throw a while all the time, come in with his head down. Which he didn't necessarily do because, like, like Jay, Jay, like said, he definitely showed some, some more boxing this time, which we didn't expect to see. Because you know, a lot of times when you see a fighter, they're going to be who they're going to be. You know, 
I'm trying to think of last year when we saw uh, well, who was it? Somebody that switched trainers at the last minute. And there, uh, I think it was Bradley. I think that switched trainers. Or like what? He's gonna be. Nah, uh, he. Uh, Porter did fight Granados, you know, at one point. So I think it was the Granados fight. Maybe. Yeah, but, but yeah. So with Porter, he definitely showed some refinement in his technique. He boxed on the outside and definitely brought his aggression, and that's what carried him throughout the fight. And whereas Garcia's style, as we know, is a more of a, of a counter puncher. And I mean, and what's funny, Garcia had many, many opportunities to, to, to light Porter up, to light him up, but he didn't do it. He's just relegated pretty much to just simply counter punching. That's it. Bradley was either aggressive coming forward in the fight, you know, and and like I said, Garcia definitely had his opportunities, but he didn't he didn't he didn't capitalize on that, and that's why we have the decision where we have now. And I'm I'm. Uh, Stephon, just I'm saying, same with you. I'm glad for Porter. This dude's a work hard dude. You know, nothing given to him. And even even like last week we were talking about Jay, if Porter won his fight, and which he did win his fight, going forward, <laughs> it's not like he's gonna be a, a Mr. Popular. It's not like he's gonna be on the A side. And that, but but you know what? But still, he's a work. He's a dude that works hard, and you appreciate that. His father works hard as a trainer. We appreciate that. So. Now it's it's we have a lot of more clarity in the, in the uh, in 147 class now with Porter with the WBC, you got Earl Spence over there with the with the uh, on IBF and things like that, and Thurman still carrying the WBA, and of course with Crawford uh, holding the, the, the WBO title. So now there's a lot more clarity. Uh, we got names out there, Pacquiao, uh, Broner, people like that. You're all we still got we still got your supporting characters. But we can have a lot more clarity, like to put a division on what we want to do. But now, what's interesting now is, is the back and forth one between uh, Crawford and uh, what is the Spence on Twitter. They're kind of trying to go at each other, things like that. So, and even with Spence saying that he wants to fight the winner of the Garcia Porter, which now we know now is, is Porter. So now it's like, what's going to happen next? And what's going to get us those super fights within that division? And I think it's fair to say that the welterweight uh, division is still the Korean division of boxing right now, despite what we have in heavyweight. So that's definitely fair to say. That was a great fight, though. Yeah, it was a uh, great fight. And that, you know, something where, you know, we kind of saw, you know, two guys that were, you know, were put among the top five in the welterweight division. Um, and, you know, they were very close as far as, like, you know, who would be the person that would come out the victor. Um, and it was something where you kind of had one of those rare occasions where you saw two guys, you know, that are pretty much at the top of their game uh, be able to perform at the top of their game. And uh, it became, you know, at times the war of attrition. Um but it also, you know, became a uh, a war of strategy, and you know, you had uh, Kenny Porter. Looked like Kenny Porter was the uh, better strategist than Angel Garcia was, and it showed uh, there in the late stages of the fight. You know, where Sean Porter made his adjustments, uh, he was able to give uh, Danny Garcia different looks. Um, he was able to work the body a lot um, and connect very well to the body on uh, Danny Garcia. 
and like I was saying from the outset, was able to control the range like it was the uh, taller fighter because I'm telling you, there were multiple occasions where Danny Garcia missed either a jab or, you know, the left hook or something like that. And, you know, it was because he was too far apart. And Sean Porter tried to counter with the right hand, and and he missed because he was too far back. If he was in range uh, with those right hand counters, he would have he would have really rocked uh, Danny Garcia uh, with those things. So he 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 fought the smart fight. Uh, he fought you know pretty much the um, it was like almost perfect for a person of uh, Sean Porter's caliber. Uh, to, you know, fight a guy like Danny Garcia um, in order to get the win and get that WBC welterweight title. Uh, now, you know, after, right after uh, the decision came down, um, Sean Porter was basically saying, like, hey, he'll take on all comers. And, well, the IBF welterweight champion, Errol Spence Jr., stepped into the ring and, uh, you know, he said that, you know, Errol Spence said that, you know, he 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 don't, he ain't scared to, you know, face anybody. And you know, Porter was like, "Well, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. So what's going on? We can, we can make this fight happen. I mean, just, you know, set it up, and, and we, we are, we in there, we fight. Because you know, Sean Porter is the type of guy that you know we haven't really seen that much, in where you know he'll fight anybody uh, in the welterweight division. It really doesn't, you know, matter, you know, what their status is." Uh, Sean Porter will fight him. Uh, so that you know, that's what you know, basically gathered uh, from the aftermath of that. Um, what are your thoughts about that potential Sean Porter versus Errol Spence Jr. matchup uh, there, Stephon? Well, Spence is too much for uh, Porter. You know, uh, why I say that Spence is on another level. I call him a humbleness level. You know what I mean? And once you get on that humbleness level, anything in front of you just seek and destroy it. You know what I mean? You know, you you don't mean to, you know, hurt nobody. You just, you know, you, you it's that that's their job. You down me, I down you. That is the job. So, uh that fight right there, I wouldn't I wouldn't rush into that. I rush into that spring. That'd be a good spring fight right there. A good spring, a two thousand nineteen spring, uh call it spring bling. <laughs> You know, you get him. You get a uh, 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 who else? Who else? You get you said Porter and uh, uh, Spence. You get him. Whoever win that fight, they fight Keith Thurman. They Keith Thurman get a tune up. Then they fight Keith Thurman. Boom! Them three belts came together. And now the boxing the, uh, Crawfords he got to come. He got to come in, regardless of on the ESPN, and they got to work together. It can be ESPN slash Showtime pay per view. They all can work together. So that's the key too. On my point on that, on that, on that, on that, I, I like Spence. I like him. I like him. I like Porter too. You know, both of them humble. So too humbleness, my fault. Ooh, that's gonna be kind of. <laughs> that's gonna be kind of wild right there. That's gonna be wild right there. I think Garcia should fight Spence. Let go out Danny fight Spence, and after that, boom. Let let uh let Porter have a first title defense, and uh, let Garcia fight uh for the IBF. If he win that, guess what? Porter and him have another rematch. So as always, you can do a lot of things with that. You know what I mean? But both of them got like 
long as you stay in condition, supreme condition, superb condition, you cool. You might get a decision. You ain't going to get hurt because your body is in shape. So them two guys clashing, that's a pay-per-view fight right there. Porter and uh, Spence, they got to be a pay-per-view fight. Anyway, that. It has to. Yeah, yeah, it, it has to. Huh? Hey, James. Yeah. Yeah, Terrell. One quick question for both you guys to consider. So we we know at, we know pretty much at this point, Spence is definitely at the top of 147. I, I was actually reading through some boxing threads this past last few days, and someone within the thread posed a question: Is Spence unbeatable? And because uh, we we we've entertained now. Possibly fighting the winner of uh, Porter, we know that. Uh, Mikey Garcia is trying to throw his name into the ring to fight Spence, things like that. But with that said, is Spence actually unbeatable at this point? And what type of, what type of style fighter will actually beat him? Say it again. What style? What style? What type of what style can actually beat Spence? Uh oh, a boxer, a boxer. Spence come at you. He moves his head too, but if you see, if a one remember this, I always remember when you fighting, and I got something to tell you, Junior too. You need to take this with you too. We're doing your 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 um your podcast and your you know your what you do on, on Facebook too. I got an idea for you too, but I ain't gonna, I'm gonna hit you with that in a minute. But what style would be him? When a guy remember this, when my father was fighting, he was fighting Alexis Aguilar, right? When he fought Alexis Aguilar, Mafia yeah, Alexis Aguilar, Alexis was coming at him. He was coming at him. And my father can bang too, but my father said, "No, I can't keep doing it. He he beat me because that's what he likes to do is slug with you." So he said, "My father said I had to move around. around. I had a I had a, I had a boxing now. I had to move around like Muhammad Ali in boxing. Move around, combination, boom boom. I don't get on them toes. Move around. That's how you beat them guys. I don't care who you is. If you knew that, you gonna that's what uh that's what Porter was doing bouncing, but he was taking pictures bouncing. He wasn't throwing them hands as he was bouncing in the first four rounds. He didn't do that. He was just bouncing, taking a picture like no, no, you can't do that. Pose, just bounce, bounce, down. You get caught bouncing. You you, know, you get what I'm saying? So a boxer will always if he can box and slug, he got he got it. And then Spence, I ain't never seen Spence box. I think he's going to destroy you. But look, like, like I call it slugging. But if you can do the opposite when somebody's slugging and you start boxing him, he get confused. I don't care who you is. You know what I mean? Because remember when fire partners come in, they don't come in there and bounce around, move around. They come in there and slug with you too. That's it. They don't do the opposite. So when you start doing the opposite, what another what another opponent is doing, he's slugging off in the box. Now, if he boxing, now you slug. You do the opposite. Oh, he's trying to box with me now. Oh, you know how to box? Oh, Junior know how to box now. Okay. Let me slug with Junior now. Now, Junior go come back with a slug. Let me start about boxing. So it's a back and forth thing. Who can who can hold the, the posture alone by boxing while other guys trying to slug and catch up with you? Remember, you can't hit a move and talk as you get confused. You off balance. And it's back in the shoes. So, right. oh, Junior, before I go, this what this what people should start doing, man. For real, this will work. I see a lot of people get bad. Uh, they like bad publicity with these fighters and their views. Sometimes go up. People, what about the good? What about the behind the scenes of, of the promoters? Been doing this for many years, and and trainers is positive. Uh, what are you doing in your community? Nobody's not talking about that. That's why you have politics and boxing because you're gonna have you're gonna have 
Yeah, I hear you. Hello. Nah, uh, nah, you keep going on that on that. Part. Oh, you 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 need positive in the boxing, man. Because some of the stuff people do, what the fighters do, it frustrates you. Like when I was like, man, y'all see what that Charlie don't know how they acting. Why are you worried about how they acting? What you going to do to try to help them? Because remember, it's a chemical in your brain that make you upset. And once that chemical starts taking over your body, your body has distress on it. And then when you got distress on it, of course you're going to act like that. You know what I'm saying? So we need more positive people. I'm not saying it ain't none out here. We just need to have a – you're going to have bad, then you got the good, right? So where the good at? Where the good uh, – the good uh, the uh, interviews at? The good uh, – we just thinking about we ain't gonna worry about what people think. How much are they getting paid? We can't worry about what they getting paid. What about positive? How the family's doing? What they how your kids doing? Nobody will talk about that. And that'll be a good looking boxing. And I bet your views will go up because you got a lot of good over bad. Well, I mean that's something that I could you know pretty much focus on uh, for a few people. Um, you know, for example, for the uh, Russell family. Over in uh, Maryland, there in Capitol Heights, Maryland, you have, of course, Gary Russell Sr., uh, Gary Russell Jr., you have Antoine, you have Antonio, um, you know, you have, you know, pretty much the whole clan, Russell clan, that uh, all of those, all of those, uh, all those brothers are positive. So that could be uh, something right there to where, you know, I could probably set something up uh, with uh, them, um, you know, kind of like going by that theme. Now, before I add in another caller, I wanted to go in real quick about in reference to uh, Terrell's question about Earl Spence Jr. Um, going off what you know, Safar said, uh, a boxer uh, pretty much defeats Earl Spence Jr. In a sense, if you if you uh, kind of looked at uh, the fight between Earl Spence and Kell Brook, Kell Brook was able to you know control the distance and try to control the jab to keep you know Earl Spence away from him. Because Earl Spence just comes at you, comes at you, he just looks at you. It's not like he really leaps in before he works inside in the body. So by keeping in the jab and then moving around, moving back, moving laterally, then you're having uh, Earl Spence reset. And also, you you may just have a jab, but you got to have something behind that to keep him honest. So you got to have something behind that right hand to keep, to keep Earl Spence honest uh, while you do have that uh, jab going down. Just wanted to get that in real quick, and I want to add in uh, area code six four six. What's going on with you, Jr. What's good, man? This is Matt. <sighs> man, oh man, oh man. You know, hey man, what's going weekend. on, man? Rough what's weekend, going on, man. man. Rough weekend. <laughs> um, you know, I can't even say that I was disappointed in Danny Garcia's performance. All I can really say is Sean Porter was the better man. Sean Porter, he boxed better than I've ever seen him box his entire career. Like, he actually looked like a real boxer with a real strategy. He didn't dive in head first like I thought he would. He he was actually fainting his way in, sometimes jabbing his way in. He... Wow, it was just he changed up so many different things for Danny Garcia that I think uh, Garcia didn't adjust to it until it was too late. Yeah, it looked like you know at times Danny Garcia didn't know what what to do with uh, Porter's uh, pursuit, and 
his work to the body. Uh, there was a point to where he kind of like was very one-dimensional and looking for the counter, but, you know, uh, Sean Porter was looking for uh, Garcia to do something like that too, and so he kind of, you know, had his right hand up towards his face in order to block the, uh, you know, that left hook of Danny Garcia's. And you just saw, like like you're saying, Sean Porter being the busier fighter, uh, working and connecting well in the body, and also employing the uppercut at uh, different points of the fight that really, uh, you know, affected Danny Garcia uh, right there. So, I mean, those were kind of like the key things that had uh, Sean Porter get the decision over Danny Garcia, which I would like to say once again that I called Sean Porter beat Danny Garcia by decision. I just want to add that in real quick. <laughs> You definitely called that. But I, I want to touch on something. I, I just started listening, and I was taking my little customary Sunday nap. But I was listening to you guys talking about Errol Spence. And, you know, I'm not really feeling the lack of respect that I feel you guys are showing Errol Spence Jr. All this talk about, oh, you know, a good boxer beats him. Ah, listen, Errol Spence himself is a good boxer. And for anyone who thinks that he's not, you're just not watching close enough. I keep hearing you guys say that he just he just walks you down, he walks in, he doesn't have any like real technique, he looks at you and walks you in. I, I don't see that when he fights, you know? I see Errol Spence wearing his opponent down, not just walking in. He, he's throwing punches on his way in. It's not like he's just walking in to get close to you and punching. He's punching his way in. He's beating you up to the body. He's, he's breaking you mentally because he's relentless with his pressure. And there is not one fighter in the welterweight division that can deal with that. That includes Terrence Crawford. You know, what we saw yesterday, shout out to Sean Porter, shout out to Danny Garcia, great. All that was all well and good. But what we saw yesterday was the beginning of the buildup to – Crawford versus Spence. That's what we. That's what yesterday was really all about for me. When I woke up this morning, I wasn't thinking about Porter versus Garcia. I was thinking about, hmm, it seems like Errol Spence Jr. is a bit tired of everyone else getting the big fight. You know, he had a little taste of the big fight when he fought Kell Brook in the UK, and I think he is dying to get the big fight again. That's why he's entertaining the prospect of fighting a Marky Garcia. Because he knows he's going to beat Marky Garcia, yeah, but it's going to be a big event. And it seems to me Errol Spence wants to be part of these big boxing events. He wants to be a part of the fight that he thinks his talent deserves him to be a part of. So I think you're going to see Errol Spence. He's going to fight Mikey Garcia. Then he's going to fight Sean Porter, then he's going to fight Keith Thurman, and then in the first quarter of 2020, I think you're going to see him at Terrence Crawford square off. That's just the way I see things going. Yeah, um, I mean, we're eventually trying to build up to the, uh, like saying, the biggest 
a fight that could be put together at welterweight, and that is Errol Spence versus um, Terrence Crawford. Um, but I mean, the thing with Spence, I, I'm not necessarily saying that you know Spence doesn't have any boxing skill. That that's not that's not what we're saying. We're saying you know if anyone has the possibility of beating Errol Spence. What do they have to do in order to do it? And, you know, the, the things that I said are kind of like two key weapons or key, you know, factors in that opponent, you know, attempting to defeat uh, Errol Spence. But you also, you know, have to have a, a very, very good trainer behind you because Errol Spence has a very, very good trainer behind him. The best trainer. Um, the best trainer yeah. in the world. Uh, in, Derek, in Derek James. Um, oh, so so he's the best trainer. So so uh, I guess I guess Derrick James should be the one that deserves that uh, trainer's belt that Kenny Porter has right now. <laughs> he, 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 he got he got one. He got one. Oh, he got one. Derrick James got one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, 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 he got his already. He got his. I made sure he got his already when when uh when Charlotte fought in uh was it California? Uh, yeah, fought? in uh, L.A. Bro? When he fought in L.A. Yeah, he he got one. Yeah. He got one. I got pictures of his too. Yep. Yeah, he good. Okay, I like him, Derrick James. I like I like uh, Spence too. We, you know, this is, you know, my opinion. If you're a fighter, if you can, if you're a damn good boxer, yeah, you got opportunity. Remember, it only takes one punch, man. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's true. It only does take one punch. Um, so that I mean, that's what we got going down uh, there in the welterweight division. Uh, you know, pretty much, you know, broke down what we could break down um, a reference to that card. Uh, but before we uh, close out on that subject, I wanted to get uh, Matt Brown's thoughts about his one of his favorite fighters in Adam Kalnacki. Let's go. Defeating Let's go. Charles Martin by Let's unanimous go, decision. Uh, although, <laughs> although it was a six to four score, which I didn't think it was six to four. I couldn't find more than one round that uh, Charles Martin won in that in uh, that fight. Uh, uh, you know but, what? You know what's funny about that? It must have played out differently um, live than it did on TV because you had the exact same scorecard that your favorite guy Dan Rapio had also. So, from what I can tell, anyone that watched it on TV. Like myself and many other fans, we had the, the, the fight 7-3 for uh, Konaki. And it seems like anyone that was in the building had it nine rounds to one, which is very, very interesting. I thought that uh, Konaki easily won the first six rounds. I thought he lost rounds uh, seven and eight. Uh, he did good in round nine to come back. And I, I edged Martin in, in round 10. To me, that was a damn good fight. I know I was speaking to you during the fight, and you said it was, man. But you're a hater. You know, it is what it is, man. You just, you just hate whatever I like. That's what it is. You just hate whatever. Whatever, whatever I think, you just go with the opposite. So, so you know, I, I don't know how serious I can take that. That was a damn good fight, JR. That was a damn <laughs> Good fight. Nice heavyweight scrap. Nice and sloppy. Throwing bombs at each other. These guys were 
fighting a phone booth fight the whole night in the heavyweight division. You don't see that at all. They combined to throw over 1,400 punches in the heavyweight division. They threw more punches than Porter and Garcia. So, like, these guys were going for it. Konaki was going for it. Konaki, as usual, showed a top shelf chin. Charles Martin showed a lot of heart. I think that he did win over a lot of fans yesterday. And I think Konaki, as I've been saying, he's a top 10 heavyweight. He is the future of the division. I'm telling you that right now. You can quote me on it. This this baby face assassin, this 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 the Polish hammer, as I like to call him, he is going to be the man in the division. You know, I think you're gonna see uh, probably match up next year with a Louis Ortiz, because you know Louis Ortiz is down with Al Heyman. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of fights from this new Fox and Showtime deal that's gonna get made. I think you're going to see Adam Kornacki. He's going to get pushed to the forefront because he does sell tickets. There was a lot of Polish fans inside that crowd yesterday. So they can't say he doesn't attract the audience. You put that boy in Chicago against somebody, he's going to sell some tickets. You put him in any city that has a, a, a good Polish population, he's going to sell tickets. So he's the future, man. I'm telling you. He, he is. He's a fun fighter. I'm not saying he's a great technical fighter. But he is such a fun fighter to watch. He should be everyone's favorite fighter besides uh, the the rooster guy that fought on the Golden Boy card that threw like 200 punches in a round. But this guy is great. I'm telling you. He's, he's the future. Uh, I want to see him fight Big okay. Baby Miller. That's what I want to see. Well, if he's the future of the heavyweight division, we had another suggestion as a possible matchup for Adam Kalnaki, and that is Deontay Wilder. So if he's going to be the future nah, 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 of the nah, heavyweight nah. division, no, 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 no. He's not. He's not ready for that. Let's, let's not get crazy. <laughs> he's not ready hey, for that. You were talking about the future, man. He's got to be the future. The, uh, not the immediate future. He's. He's the, the three, four years down the line future. He's not the immediate future. Right now, Deontay Wilder knocks out every single top ten heavyweight in the world. Okay? Except so, Joshua. Except Joshua. Oh, please. Especially, listen, Joshua is too stiff, too robotic. It, it's actually, yo, oh, if they ever fight. Come on, man. Listen, JR, if they ever fight, you and I. We're gonna put money on this, okay? Yep. We're gonna yep. put. We're gonna. We're gonna put money. And you know I don't usually bet, but we're gonna put money yep. on this because I'm telling yep. you, there is no <laughs> way in hell that that juice Anthony Joshua is gonna have anything <laughs> to do with Deontay Wilder. I'm telling you. <laughs> 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 I'm telling you, guys, guys, listen. But back to Konaki, I'd love to see Konaki fight Jarrell Miller. I think it would be a huge fight in Brooklyn. I think it would be an exciting fight in Brooklyn. I, I, I guess we're just going to have to see if Al Heyman 
and Eddie Hearn can do some business together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, uh, doesn't Al Heyman still advise Daniel Jacobs? No, 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 no. He doesn't advise him anymore? No, you. but you knew that already, JR. Come on, man. Now you're trying to be funny. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm just opening things up for the people. I'm just opening things up for the people. You knew um, that already, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, moving on, uh, we had, like, another a card that did uh, take place. Um, this time at the uh, Forum in Inglewood, California. Uh was called Superfly 3. Uh was televised on HBO. I uh, had like a you know pretty much a super flyweight triple header of sorts on HBO, although they had like a couple of other super flyweight matchups on the card. But uh, you did have Kazuto Ioka versus McWilliams Arroyo um, in one fight. Donnie Nietes against Aston Liste, uh for the vacant WBO super flyweight title, and Juan Francisco Estrada against. Felipe Orasuta uh, there at Super Flyweight. Uh, so, you know, breaking it down here real quick, you had, of course, uh, McWilliams Arroyo, who, you know, did beat uh, Carlos Quadras in uh, February of this year, you know, after, you know, being uh, out of uh, the ring for about a couple of years uh, to his loss uh, with Chocolatito Gonzalez. Um, he, um, you know, did get that win after that, and then uh, came up against uh, Kazuto Ioka uh, from uh, Tokyo, Japan. Um, you know, one of the you know guys there um, that fights out of Osaka or Kyoto, um, and holds the uh, held the WBA flyweight championship. So he stepped up to the super flyweight division uh, to face with William Arroyo, and um, he ended up uh, pulling off the unanimous decision victory over. Uh, Arroyo to move to 23 wins uh, with just uh, one loss uh, right there. So I'm um, trying to see if we uh, have, um, you know, start off with Matt, if you could break that one down for us. Um, honestly, the card wasn't that interesting. What was interesting was that Donnie Nietes got absolutely robbed by the referee. There is no way that that fight was a draw. I had the, the 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 fight 118 to 110. The fight wasn't close, so I don't know what the hell the judges were looking at, but I think it's a shame that Nietzsche wasn't able to become a four division champion. Um, as for the other fights, McWilliams Arroyo, you know he's never really been that good. I think that his victory over Quadras is probably due to Quadras you know, maybe dipping into the recreational drugs a bit too much. So who knows what kind of mental condition he was in, you know. So he got lucky with that. His luck ran out. It is what it is. Uh, as for the main event, I wasn't very uh, uh, impressed with Juan Estrada. I thought that he was much too hittable. I think that these guys should be thanking their lucky stars that the monster moved up to fight in the WBSS because he would slaughter all of those guys that you saw on the card yesterday. Um, And honestly, I think I would 
take uh, Rung beside over all these guys, too. Even though I've never been too enamored with him either, I, I think he beat him. You know, Estrada gets hit way too much. If he if he gets touched by somebody with power, it's good night, sweet prince. So that's all I really have for the card. It was boring card. It was really a nothing card. Uh, HBO, where are you, HBO? We miss you, HBO. You know, in the words of your man, Jay Cotto, come back to boxing, HBO. Come back to boxing. We need you, HBO. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with them, man. That's all I really have on that. Yeah. Uh, well, see, you know, see, you know, with me and uh, Stefan uh, there over at the Barclays Center, we weren't able to catch uh, this particular card. And uh, I'm not sure if Terrell was able to uh, as well. Were you able to see anything on HBO yesterday? No, I didn't catch them. I had to catch up this week on, on those fights and everything, you know. Gotcha. So, uh, so on that note of what Brother Matt said on uh, Come Back to HBO, we have their attempt to see if they can come back on September 15th. And we're going to have the rematch for the middleweight championships as Saul Canelo Alvarez takes on Gennady Golovkin for the IBO, the WBA Super, and the WBC Middleweight Championships. Of course, you know, with Alvarez having this whole thing with Clem Buderall and Gennady Golovkin getting all in a hissy fit about it and whatnot, and then he says he's going to break down Canelo, and Canelo says he's going to knock Golovkin out. Um I I just see it as a uh, it's going to be more of a tactical battle. I think someone is going to get boxed. I'm not going to say who, but I just put in the key term boxed, right? So there, that's what I have as far as, like, my quote-unquote short preview of that particular fight. I want to start with, first, I want to start with Terrell, and then with Stefan, and then go with Matt. So, Terrell, what is your outlook for this fight? Yeah, just real quick, uh, what's interesting on this fight is is, uh, more fast talking between the two sides at this point for the rematch. Uh, The first fight was kind of, in a sense, respectable in the lead-up. Uh, we know, of course, in the aftermath of that, uh, was revealed that uh, Canelo tested positive for cannabidiol, uh, got suspended for six months, dating back to the date of the test, things like that. Uh, from that point, even what was covered in, in the ACO 20, ACO, uh, 24-7 series, uh, Golovkin himself said he doesn't hate him, but damn, they're close to it, right? And now you got both sides saying they want to punish each other. Uh, uh, Canelo saying he wants to knock Triple G out. So with these war words, you 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 want you want to walk into this fight expecting action, no holding back, rock uh, in a sense rocking type soccer type stuff. Uh, but some of the stuff that we already know from the first fight, uh, neither we never did see Canelo necessarily hurt Triple G. He stunned him out a few times within the fight, but he didn't flat out hurt him. Things like that. With Triple G going back to Canelo, he wasn't necessarily hurt at all. You know, where he's coming, having to hold on, things like that. So now we have a real interesting world where, where 
uh, from the promotions that keep keep in mind that at four point we didn't think this the rematch was going to happen because at this point Canelo's like I don't need you and, and in truth he doesn't need him because uh, uh, can, he can sell fights on his own so without Triple G it's Triple G that actually needs Canelo but in the rematch I hope that we what what, what the world words are, are suggesting I want to knock somebody out. So I want to see somebody go in there and go for it. Go for it. Uh, but uh, in consideration of, of those words, will that actually happen? It remains to be seen. Uh, but at the same time, what you already know, both guys at this point know each other's power at this point. So you know how much of a risk that you take. So if, if Canelo's words are true that he goes, he's going to knock him out, that means that he didn't, he didn't, he didn't care about uh, Triple G's power from the first fight. That he knows he can take the risk, but I have to go out and get hurt. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with both sides. I just hope we get an all action fight. All right, thanks there, brother Terrell. Uh, now we're going to go over to uh, Stefan. Well, well, on that fight, I, I mean, I like uh, Triple G, but uh, they're going to give us the average. Why? Because he still oh, got some of them. Yeah, I mean, hold on, hold on, I got a pick. Hold on, hey, I don't say no when you say no. I <laughs> hey, come on, well, hold on. Why he win though? Hold on, you you had you said you had Danny Garcia, didn't he lose? <laughs> yeah, so, Danny Garcia lost, but I'm not saying that they're gonna give it to him if he doesn't deserve the win. You're trying to discredit Canelo already before the fight even takes place. <laughs> No, no. Let me tell you something. Then they said they had steroids in the meat. He was eating. He was getting big and cut up quick. Some of that stuff still was in his system. It's out now, but he looked good. And of course, he's going to beat this man now. Yeah, hey, watch him beat him. He's going to beat uh, 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 Triple G. He's going to beat him. Watch. Guarantee that. But that's my opinion on that. I don't got too much take on that fight, you know. But uh, what you what you, what you you think? Oh, bad. Hey, man, what, what, what you got? <laughs> what you, you know, think? Listen. I ain't saying nothing. I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> my turn. I just don't like this. They're going to give it to someone. Canelo, if he's going to win, is going to earn the victory. I'm going to hear nothing. You're breaking up. Hello? Yeah, I ain't get much of that. Turn in yep. the ring. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went in and out, but I guess that's what's gonna happen. He gonna go in and out and go to sleep. <laughs> no, man. No, no. Nah. But anyway, uh, hey, hey, y'all, hey, hey, Junior, I gotta go. Yeah. Let me know when you do another podcast and everything, and I'm gonna hop on, holler at y'all. All right, no doubt, man. I'm here every Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, brother. Okay, man. It was nice talking to y'all guys, man. What's the other brother's right. name that said that? Matt. Man, I like him. I like him. I'm very white. No, no, man. <laughs> <laughs> smooth, smooth, boxy, analysis voice. <laughs> no man, it ain't like this, man. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> anyway, man, it was nice talking to y'all guys, man. Y'all stay encouraged, man. Keep God first. Everything will follow.
All right, y'all. All right. All right. Peace, brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see if we can, um, you know, have Matt. Matt, you could uh, pitch in. See if you can pitch in what you were going to be saying about this fight. Now, we all know what happened with the last fight. Some people had Golovkin winning. Personally, I had Canelo winning seven rounds to five. The problem with the last fight was Adelaide Bird's 118 to 110 score. That score, to me, robbed Canelo of the credit that he richly deserved for outboxing Golovkin over 12 rounds. Okay, because that score made people think that, oh, this is corrupt. Canelo cheated. It's rigged. Canelo shouldn't have won. No, no. Canelo won that fight. Okay, he outboxed Golovkin over 12 rounds. And you know what? All this Mexican-style crap that you've been hearing about, oh, I'm going to come by there, I'm going to knock him out. Yeah, you know what, Triple G? That works when you're fighting Varnas Matarosian, okay? But that doesn't work when you're fighting Danny Jacobs. That didn't work when you're fighting David Lemieux. That didn't work when you're fighting Canelo. You had a healthy respect for these boys' power, so you had to try to find a way to get your stuff off. If you look at what Canelo did to Golovkin in the first fight, Canelo worked him over to the body, and you notice Golovkin wasn't really, he wasn't as aggressive as he normally is in the first few rounds of the fight. And I think that's something that Canelo is going to take advantage of because Golovkin, I think he's smelling his own shit right now. He's believing his own hype. He thinks that he's just going to come in there and he's going to run over Canelo. And I'm here to tell you guys, Canelo is going to put the paws on this man, okay? Canelo is going to box this guy's head off, and I think Canelo is going to stop him late. I think Canelo has no respect for Golovkin as a man, as a fighter. He has no respect for him. And he shouldn't have any respect for him because Canelo is the better boxer. And because of Adelaide Bird's poor scorecard, he was robbed of the credit that he deserved. You know, Abel Sanchez, or as the great JR calls him, Fable Sanchez, this guy has been running off at the mouth writing checks that his fighter won't be able to cash. He complained about the, the handbags. You see that circulating on social media. Oh, the hand wraps were illegal. No, they weren't. Okay, the hand wraps were legal in Nevada, which is where they were fighting at. If you don't know the rules of the jurisdiction that you're fighting in, then shut the fuck up and let someone who knows the rules fight for you. You don't know the rules? So shut up, Abel Sanchez. There was nothing wrong with the wraps. He, he's just looking for every single excuse as to why Mexican style was nowhere to be found with his fighter. And he, he, he can fight Mexican style this time, but Mexican style is going to get him knocked out because Canelo is, he's ready. He, he's already at 163. He's not going to have any problems with the weight cut. He's going to be prime. He's going to be ready. His knee is healed up because his knee was a problem in the last fight. That's why he had the surgery. That's why he got that knee cleaned up. His knee is healed up. He's nice and trim. He's not bulky like in the last fight. And I think he is going to put on the boxing performance of his life. And he is going to come away 
with the much-deserved victory, and all those doubts that everyone had after the first fight are going to be silenced. Well, I mean, there you have it there from uh, Brother Matt, uh, reference to this uh, Canelo Golovkin 2 fight. Um, As for me, um, I have my overall feelings about Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin pretty much together in that, you know, when this fight was basically talked about in the first fight, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. This is their HBO's, you know, feeble attempt of trying to make a big money fight. Uh, They won't do anything in order to try to jeopardize that. And so, you know, what they did leading up to the fight, you had that, you know, thing there with Canelo and Little Chavez, where Canelo basically, you know, blew by Little Chavez. And then, you know, you had, of course, Golovkin against Jacobs in March of uh, that year. And Jacobs outboxed him, straight up outboxed him. Uh, he, gave, he gave the performance of his life and outboxed Gennady Golovkin, and the judges took it away from him. Just so they considered that fight between uh, Canelo and Golovkin last year. And, I mean, to me, I mean, you saw in the first few, you know, first few rounds of that fight, Canelo was the one that showed that he was the better boxer. He was the one with the better timing, uh, was able to, you know, throw off what Golovkin was thinking about doing. Um, and so uh, that's where he was able to get the advantage in the first uh, few uh, moments of the fight. Uh, but, um, you know, after that, he kind of like uh, tired down a little bit, which, you know, he had Golovkin have a, a better shot to uh, get back into the fight. And then he eventually uh, caught up uh, to the to the fight. Uh, but, you know, with that, you, you had, you know, you had the draw and the whole thing with Adelaide Bird and whatever it is. But for me, I just think that, you know, this fight between these two is basically what it is. It's their pinnacle, so they're going to try to stretch it out as much as they can, and they won't really fight um, many other people other than that. Um, With Golovkin, if he ends up uh, becoming the victor and they don't have a rematch, then he's going to go after the WBO champion, and that's it uh, for Canelo. Uh, he may, you know, like I said, go for one, you know, one rematch and then have like one other uh, fight there in the middleweight division. And then probably if <laughs> he might just move up to super middleweight, uh, if y'all ain't careful, um, because I don't see him waiting for um, the guy uh, there at uh, super welterweight, Jaime Magia. Uh, to come up to the middleweight division. Uh, so that's why I, like, kind of don't really get all too excited about this fight because both of these fighters I'm not really excited for. So uh, it is what it is. I don't like Golovkin, but it's not like I really like Canelo. So that's why I'm, like, man in reference to this particular fight. <laughs> so that that's pretty much my story on that uh, there. Anyone got any response to it? Very no, interesting just, take, man. Now, you go ahead, Terrell. Yeah, just real quick, just kind of like, like I said, even if, if uh, Triple G was to win this fight, what's, what's next for him? 
uh, Alexis P- Apostle uh, match with uh, Billy Saunders, something like that, because you already know that uh, given uh, Trippie's resume already that he already has in front of him, he's not going to face Charlo. Uh, he's not going to he's not going to fight Jacobs again. So and that and that point, and because we we know that Trippie is looking for, for for big paydays right now. So you're not going to walk into a fight with little, uh, uh, little reward and high risk. So like outside of fighting Billy Joe Saunders, he 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 has what he has in front of him right now, Canelo. So that's what he wants. Uh, in, in terms of Canelo, if he, if he if he was to win this rematch, what's next for him? So we and I would laugh, absolutely laugh if Canelo wins this fight and then drops back down to 154. <laughs> I would not be surprised to see that. So it, it's it's funny on what would happen for either if it, either guy wins. Pretty funny. Yeah, I think oh. that's a very interesting take that you had, Jr. I think um, mm-hmm. if Golovkin was to win, what would be next for him is probably just um, and nobody of any real note, you know, because who is there for him? Andrade is now with Eddie Hearn in his own, so HBO's not going to give up Golovkin to fight on his own. Billy Joe Saunders is with Frank Warren. So that could be a possibility, but we've been down this road two times already with these two guys. The first time it was Billy Joe that pulled out. The second time it was Golovkin that pulled out. So I don't even think we're going to go down that road again. Who else is at 160? Uh, you got Danny Jacobs, who is technically an HBO fighter, but is Danny Jacobs going to beat Sergey Derevchenko? I, I don't think so. You know, Derevchenko is much Ooh, bigger wow. than Danny Jacobs. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking the Revyachenko is gonna beat him. Okay, Let, now I need to look at a little bit more, a little bit more uh, recent matches with them. But being there in person with the two of them, the Revyachenko is a lot thicker than Danny Jacobs. He 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 seems to be bigger and he seems to be more focused than Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs, I'm not saying he's looking past the Revyachenko. But I'm saying he's looking past the Revyachenko. He was talking about rematching with Golovkin, possibly fighting Canelo. And the Revyachenko, even if you talk to him about another fighter, no, 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 no. I want to talk about Danny Jacobs. This is the fight. This is my dream. He's the hungrier fighter. And I think he's going to come away with the victory. And we already saw Golovkin didn't want to fight him. So who is Golovkin going to fight, man? He's going to probably fight another blown-up 154-pound fighter like he's been doing, and, and that's going to be his, his swan song, okay? He's gonna, that, that, that's it. I've never been impressed with Golovkin. I think Golovkin just picks his battles, and he's just the product of a very, very good marketing machine. But all that's been exposed, and it's going to get exposed on Saturday, and I can't wait. Gotcha. So, um, I mean that that's the whole thing there with this uh, particular fight between those two. So not really uh, seeing that much uh, <coughs> uh, come out of that. Um, as far as like the overall outcome and the aftermath uh, to that. So, um, so is there anything else uh, to look out for in the uh, undercard, um, like the the uh, Mew uh, versus O'Sullivan fight or? You know, um, Chocolatito supposedly uh, being part of the card. 
Anything else? Uh, for me, the undercard is is okay. You know, O'Sullivan versus Lemieux is going to be bombed away. That's great. Forget all that. We need to be talking about the ESPN fight on Friday between Jose Ramirez and Antonio Orozco. I think that that is going to be a much better fight than people think. I think Orozco has a very good chance at beating Jose Ramirez, and I think that we are going to see a war between these two guys, and it may be it's probably going to be the best fight of the weekend, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. If it is. Um, my thing with, uh, I mean, not with Roscoe. Uh, my thing with uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez is that, I mean, he, he had, you know, a couple of, you know, KOs. Uh, he was able to catch Mike, Mike Reed uh, last year uh, before uh, getting the uh, decision win over Ramirez's mom earlier this year. But I, I think that, you know, there's a little bit of uh, shock going into a, a Roscoe's side in reference to this particular fight that's going to be at the State Mart Arena uh, there in Fresno, California. So, yeah, I'm going to be uh, on the lookout for that particular fight there that's going to be on uh, ESPN um, for those uh, that are, you know, going to be on the lookout for that particular fight. Um, uh, that's, that's pretty much, you know, what I had uh, there so far, uh, guys. Um there's anything else, uh, you know, go ahead and, you know, pitch in or whatever. Yeah, real quick, um, one thing I'm looking forward to for next weekend on the undercard of the Triple E fight is uh, Maniga. And just want to see how he progresses. Uh, he's fighting a guy, I think, Brian Cook, I think the kid's name is, out of Canada. Uh, of note, that kid is like uh, 30, 32 years old, something like that. So, and we know Maniga still uh, comes in at 21 years old. Uh, we last saw him a few months ago uh, against, uh, was it, uh, Ishii Smith, I believe it was, from England. Uh, and we saw that McGee um, was, was forced to go a full fight. And even though Smith was taking take a lot of yeah, power. Uh, yeah, there you go. And so I'm just I'm just very interested to see how McGee progressed. But now he's fighting a guy that in a sense is called a grown man, right? So, and you find some, sometimes the age comes to play. Sometimes you see that speak about on a young kid or whatever. Despite the fact he may have seen a, a cheat up belt. But we just, I'm very interested to see how he can see how he can look forward to next weekend. Gotcha. Well, um, there's going to be another busy weekend of, uh, you know, fights uh, out there uh, for people to catch and watch. Uh, so that's the thing there, man, and um, I'll be uh, looking forward to it. As I'm sure that y'all will be too, um, and then we'll be able to summarize all of it in the next episode of the Bison Source uh, radio show uh, that is uh, coming up on the um, 16th. Uh, so um, I'm sure that you'll be able to catch that, catch the sister shows, uh, the Cohort Truth on Sports, uh, here on the Blog Talk Radio, Cohort Truth on Sports, Tuesday nights. And you have Take This L on Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. And this particular show, this episode, will be available on Acre FM and other podcast um, programs and apps. Uh, so you can catch it on demand at any time uh, there. 
Uh, but that concludes this episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. And like I say, at the end of every show, the point of boxing is to hit and not get hit. Not to stand and trade. On that note, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. Thank you.